We're back in the war room to decide who won this week's Wednesday Night War between AEW Dynamite and NXT here on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. We start off AEW Dynamite and NXT with two non-title matches that I thought were very, very good. You have the tag team champions FTR versus Jurassic Express on Dynamite and on NXT. You have the women's champion Io Shirai going up against Shotzi Blackheart. And let me tell you, Shotzi Blackheart had a star-making performance, as Wade Barrett said. She's here to stay in NXT, and she's going to be a big player. I don't know if that was the word-for-word quote, but I 100% agree with Wade Barrett on that. And on the tag team match with Dynamite, Jurassic Express looked great in their losing effort. FTR looked great. Great finish. Heelish tactics. Classic tag team wrestling while still maintaining the high octane that we see usually in dynamite tag team matches, Ralph. Yeah, absolutely agree with all of that, especially when you talk about Shotzi Blackheart and Io Shirai. This was definitely a big moment and a big match for, for both of them. You know, Io Shirai has been consistently one of the best female professional wrestlers. Well, I shouldn't even say female because you know what? She's pretty damn good and she might be one of the better professional wrestlers across the board. When you talk about just men and women, she's very damn good. Shotzi Blackheart, this could have been pretty much her career-defining moment to this point. The way that I watched it yesterday, I chose to watch Dynamite first. I started watching NXT after, and I thought Dynamite was great overall. Going into this match, so immediately following Dynamite, I watched this match with Io Shirai and Shotzi, and I was like blown away. I was like, damn, between both shows... So far, I mean, there's been a lot of really good wrestling. So uh, this match on NXT was not only a good match by women's standards, but just as far as professional wrestling standards. I mean, there was a handful of good matches and good segments last night between both shows. But this is right up there with with whatever match you want to talk about as being one of the better matches. And as far as the match that we saw over on uh, Dynamite, this match was also very good. Easily, in my opinion, FTR's best tag match that they've had to date. I think that this was really their opportunity to go out there and show how good they really are. I think that in AEW, because of the type of style that they work, there had to be some type of adjusting. The guys that work a certain style that are used to being in AEW to this point are going to work that style and know how to work with each other. And FTR really kind of had to adjust their style to complement that. Here, I think what we saw was a really good match from both FTR and Jurassic Express. Good back and forth action. FTR playing the heel role perfectly. They worked hot tags. Luchasaurus coming in off the hot tag and just looking great. Both these matches were were really, really good in my opinion. They really were. And the action didn't stop there. As you mentioned, a lot of good in-ring action. And I think last night we saw two, what we have seen in the past as tag team wrestlers really show you that they can actually be top contenders in the singles division. And that is Hangman Page versus Frankie Kazarian. And over on NXT, we have Tommaso Ciampa versus Desmond Troy. I mean, what what else can you say about this Page and Kazarian match? It was a great, great showing for both of them, showing you that they can be a big part of the singles division. It was very stiff. Ciampa, I mean, it was a quick match. And i like to see what happens afterwards with him and Jake Atlas. I know the match is announced for next week. Is this just going to be like a one-week payoff thing for Champa getting him a quick win? Or are they going to build a storyline with this? Yeah, Paige and Kazarian was, again, just another really good match. Another one that could be up there, depending on who you talk to, as match of the night between both shows. Good back-and-forth action. You know, Kazarian, especially a guy who's been in the industry for so long, he's kind of a guy I think that people take for granted. Because when he was in TNA, he was he was having quite a few good matches in TNA. 
Um, and him being one of the more experienced guys, being seeing him go out there and have matches like this, just showing that one, he can obviously still work and perform at a high level, especially in there with a good younger guy like Adam Page. And Adam Page really going out there and showing what he's made of, especially because he's coming off this rift between him and Kenny Omega. So he's been primarily wrestling in the tag team division there. But I think this was a really, really good match. It really helped solidify Adam Page as one of the better performers in AEW in the singles division. Kazarian, as consistent as ever, they showed that he showed that they could, the company can rely on him when put in a spot like this. Tommaso Ciampa over on NXT, that was what it was. It helps establish the match for next week. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when we get into the final thoughts segment. So I'll just leave it at that for now. Fair enough, but let's move on. We have MJF with a very, very quick squash match. I mean, literally, the match was over before you could say, I'm better than you, and you know it. Cutting a promo afterwards, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Over on NXT, we have Kushida versus Austin Theory. Austin Theory comes out getting all cocky, saying that he's better than everybody, issues an open challenge, and then Kushida, without even the music, he just bolts out and has this very aggressive match with Austin Theory. And I'm really liking this new aggressive side to him. And I think this is really going to help his character grow in NXT and maybe progress into the cruiserweight division or even more so into the North American or NXT championship picture. I like what I'm seeing with Kushida. MJF, obviously the match was quick, but what is this that he's talking about? Is he hinting at starting a faction, joining a faction? What's going on here, Ralph? Well, what's going on is we're seeing the formation of the Four Horsemen, the group that I said that we were going to get, and that would include MJF, Wardlow, and FTR. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, but uh, certainly significant storyline development there. Uh, I think that, you know, it, the match itself was, you know, just really meant to get some type of shine and attention on MJF and really kind of elevate him. It seems like he's going he's gonna to stay away from just competing. He's not going to really wrestle. He's just going to kind of go along and do his thing and cut promos and be the guy that he is until he decides where he wants to end up. And if that's in a faction, which I got to think that that's the direction it's going to go, because why point that out if you don't intend to do anything with it? Right. As far as NXT, Austin Theory coming down from the main roster, going to NXT. This is now two losses in a row. He's interesting. And I say he's interesting for this. When you look at him, physical specimen, he looks like a pro wrestler. He acts like a pro wrestler. He's good and solid in the ring. He says all the right things, but there's just something not clicking with him. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily where they're losing confidence in him or he just doesn't know what it's, what part of his character, what part of, of who he is he's supposed to portray to get from being a, like a guy that's playing pro wrestler to like an MJF level. When MJF goes out there, yeah, I mean, he's probably being himself with the t the volume turned up to 100. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's when you that's when wrestlers do their best work. When I go and I look at Austin Theory, it's like, you know, he looks the he looks the part, he plays the part, he says everything he's supposed to say, but it's just not as convincing. Right. Now, a match that didn't have any build to it really. I mean, there was a little build inside the show and that is Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus Private Party. And on the other side, a match that has had quite a little bit of build on NXT for the NXT Tag Team Championships, Brizongo versus Imperium. I think we had two completely different matches here. I think Jericho and Hager versus Private Party was, if you had to pick a low point from this episode, 
I think this was it. It just felt off, in my opinion. I felt like Private Party is one of those teams, as we see all the time, they're a team that needs to go 100 miles an hour all the time. Obviously, Jericho and Hager are not going to do that. They're not that kind of wrestlers. And I think it showed a lack of chemistry in this match. Rizango and Imperium, on the other hand, this was a good match. You saw good chemistry between the two teams. The storytelling was very good where Imperium's thinking that Brizango is a joke and Zango, you know, they're not quitting. They're eventually getting the win with the, the roll up there from Brizango onto, I believe it was Eichner. I thought that was a good match. Unfortunately, the tag match on Dynamite was the letdown this week. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if I was as critical on this, surprisingly, I don't know if I was as critical on the Jericho match and private party matches. Maybe you were. I thought it was okay. I kind of expected Jericho and Hager to go over because, you know, them being a new tag team, really trying to solidify themselves as a team, probably I'd imagine that the upper echelon of the tag teams in AEW, I didn't think that we were going to get a upset, if you want to call it that, with Private Party going over them. The one thing that I did know as I was watching the match, you know, with, with Private Party, I think they're more or less like an acquired taste. I think that a lot of people saw their first match, felt like they had a lot of potential, and they do have a lot of potential, but you know, to your point, I think a lot of people still feel like a lot of their matches are extremely are come across as very choreographed. I didn't really get that sense too much last night. There was a couple of weird spots. I think right at the beginning of the match, Jericho and Hager were outside the ring for like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and it set, set up like a double suicide dive or tope suicida where both of them like uh, high-fived each other in the middle of the ring as they were going from one side to the other to do the tope suicida and, and, you know, stuff like that. It's like, okay, you could take a little bit of that stuff, but sometimes in their matches, it does come across as extremely choreographed. I will say this before you head to your NXT moment. I think Isaiah Cassidy selling the Judas effect was the best sell of that move since Jericho started using it. The quivering of the hand, it's just those little details that you could see that Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn We'll eventually get it, I think. I definitely know the potential's there, but I definitely think right now they're very green. And with the right teams, they look amazing. With the wrong teams, they look inexperienced. And I think this is the case where they were with the wrong team and they looked inexperienced. Yeah, and fortunately for them, AEW does have a pretty deep tag team division. So you can have guys like FTR, uh, Jurassic Express. You can have Hager and Jericho. Uh, proud and powerful. You can have those guys kind of float around at the top of the tag team division for right now. And then as they continue to work and get more experience, hopefully they'll be ready for that, that position. But um, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think they're ready for that just yet. NXT, the match itself was good. The big thing for me with NXT is investment. You got to give me a reason to care. You got to give me a reason to buy into what I'm watching with AEW. I feel like I'm always bought into a good majority of the show. Now, am I going to buy into hundred percent of that? Anybody who follows our show and our channel knows that I'm not always into 100% of what goes on on any given night on Dynamite. It's more like 90%, 85%, whatever. With NXT, it's interesting because they're putting new guys in different positions, but it's, it, it's almost like, you know, why? Why are you putting Brizongo? Why is Brizongo a tag team champion right now? Uh, why, is this a tag team that people are really going to care about? And, you know, the match itself was good but I just really couldn't get into it because I just don't buy them as a legitimate tag team for some reason. Maybe they're I, fun, I, but they're more or less like comedic relief. Right. But I think that's part of the story that they're being told with Brizongo is that they're supposed to be a comedy act, but 
it's at the same time, they got to be serious in the ring. Similar to what we saw with Orange Cassidy at first, where he was comedy relief doing the nothingness and being lazy. But now we're seeing more of a serious side to them. And I know I see your eyes there, Ralph. I see him. That that's the story that's being told Brizongo, similar to what we saw with Orange Cassidy. To a certain extent, I don't dislike Brizongo, and I actually thought that they could be a really good comedic relief team, even at the at the main roster level. But right now, considering the situation where NXT is competing on a weekly basis with AEW Dynamite, right. I just don't know why this is the tag team that they're choosing to put the titles on. I think that NXT is in, in a really tough position right now because they're in such a period of transition while AEW is really starting to st- uh, find their stride. Yeah, that's true. I think part of it is what tag teams really are there besides Imperium, yeah. besides yep. Undisputed Era, there's really no tag teams. They're very depleted in the tag team division. And I know WWE isn't really known for their tag teams to begin with, but it certainly would help if they built some tag teams out there. Maybe they're rebuilding Brizongo as a top tag team. Who knows? But let's move on. We have women's action next on both shows for AEW Dynamite. It is the NWA Women's Championship, Thunder Rosa versus Eva Lise. And on NXT, Caden Carter and Casey Cananzaro versus Ia Lee and Jesse Kamea. Now, I think the Thunder Rosa Eva Lise match was a very good women's match. We have Sheeta in the crowd watching. Where was this before All Out, folks? This is what should have been done when Thunder Rosa was on on the dynamite before all out, not after, but I thought this match was very good. It was a very stiff match in the women's division. And I love the tease of uh, seeing the rematch of Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. Now the question is, will we see Sheeta on NWA television for the rematch? Or will this be on an episode of dynamite? Do they tease it all the way to full gear or for the anniversary show? I don't know, but I think there's definitely a rematch happening. On NXT, good showcase of the women that we'll see next week in the Battle Royal for the number one contender spot against Io Shirai at TakeOver. But that's about it. Yeah, and the one thing I will say about NXT and the women's division, and I I point this out all the time, but it really is true. And that's made evident by not only this match, but the opening match, the match between uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Io Shirai. You can't really say enough about the way they are developing the women and teaching them the way to work a match and just make it feel like, you know, I I touch on this all the time. When you go back and watch women's wrestling during the Attitude Era, there was a handful of very good women's wrestlers. But the drop off between like the upper echelon of a good women's professional wrestler to, you know, right right below the top five, if you even want to say there was five at that time it's a pretty drastic drop off. I mean, mm-hmm. and it was more about the bra and panties and, and puppies and all that type of stuff during the attitude era. It certainly shifted in a much better direction, a much more enjoyable direction where they're able to go out there and, and wrestle to a level that is certainly commendable. I feel like NXT does such a good job with developing these women, whether it's their character, but more so their in-ring work that they just look flawless. So the opening mm-hmm. match was awesome. This match was still very good. Thunder Rosa is very good, but I feel like the women's division as a whole, even with Thunder Rosa in that group, is years and years and years behind uh, NXT. Unless they can sign some good top-tier talent away from the main roster of uh, Raw or SmackDown. Uh, because you know the, the match on AEW Dynamite with, with Thunder Rosa, that, that match was fine. It was still very good. 
But if you compare it to what you saw from Io Shirai and Shotzi Blackheart, in my opinion, it, it just wasn't comparable. Like it, it was definitely a few steps behind. And that's because there's certain hesitations and moments where they're stopping because you could tell they're setting up for certain moves. Transitions just aren't as fluid. I think that sometimes you can tell they're setting up for certain things that you can tell have been pre-planned. It's not, it's not a bad thing. And it's not that noticeable, but when you watch a match like the opening match and compare it to the the match with Thunder Rosa, it's it's it is noticeable. It still was a very good match, uh, so you know no complaints for me. I'm not going to complain about seeing Thunder Rosa and Sheet again because I think those are their two best performers right now. Totally agree. I think I think you hit it right on the head. The NXT Women's Division, I think, right now is the best of all the major promotions and I know NXT is still a subset of WWE, but still even the WWE women's division right now is doing very well. And Sasha Banks and Bailey, you can even argue are the mega stars of professional wrestling right now. And Thunder Rosa. Yes, she's very, very good, but I think not quite to that level of Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Becky yet, but in time, we will probably be saying that she's one of the better ones in the women's division yeah. for regardless yeah. of what promotion it is. But let's move on to our next segments here. Lance Archer and John Moxley banter it out as they set up for their six man tag next week. And over on NXT Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, as Ralph likes to call him Killian game go up against undisputed eras, Bobby fish and Roderick strong. Now I kind of saw where this was going with Moxley picking Hobbs and Darby and Lance Archer picking Cajun Starks. I think Jake's explanation of this was very, very good. You know, the whole enemy of my enemy is my friend thing where Cage gets a title shot. If Archer wins, if they do this, thought that was very good plant seeding there. I also like the fact that recently signed Willie Hobbs getting the rub quickly in AEW putting him with the AEW champion and John Moxley. It's it's as if they have concrete plans for him. Wink, wink, Dave Meltzer. I really love the camera shot where Moxley's about to talk and Ricky Starks is behind him in the crowd. That was an awesome yeah, he, camera shot. Very yeah. good. Well executed. So props there from someone that works in the business and television. But on the other side, NXT, love the story that was being told here. I love that Killian was refusing to do the match. He never said he wanted the match to begin with. Drake getting beat up by both guys, giving him sympathy. Dane coming out, initially hitting and attacking Drake Maverick, walking out, but then Strong and Fish are just taunting him. Dane goes nuts on them, leads to a disqualification with Fish hitting him with the chair. Then afterwards, Drake Maverick gets excited that they won. It, it kind of reminded me of the dynamic that we saw with Team Hell No. And then Killian Dane just punches Drake Maverick right in the face and he drops. And I'll admit, I, I giggled a little bit on that one. thought these were two very good segments here. Yeah, I, fe I felt like the Moxley segment was a little a little long and they, they packed a lot in into mm -hmm. one segment. Uh, that being said, I thought that the end result was still very good. And to your point, no matter what the situation is with AEW, it seems like they're putting these younger guys in the right position to feel special. And that is drastically different from what you see on mostly the main roster from WWE. NXT, mm -hmm. they put guys in certain positions to be successful, but not to the extent I think that AEW does. Will Hobbs, 
looks and feels special right now. Ricky Starks, he's been somebody week in and week out. It comes out, even if it's for a few minutes, just to cut a straightforward promo, he takes advantage of the time that he's given. And just kind of even his presence and the way that he dresses and the way that he carries himself makes him feel like somebody you're supposed to be watching. I like that with AEW, and I think that they do that consistently, which is definitely a breath of fresh air. NXT, I can't say that I'm really invested in this this specific feud with Drake Maverick and Killian Dane and Undisputed Era. I mean, it, it's fine for what it is. I like the fact that they're building up this whole dynamic between Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. But again, how invested are people going to get in this? I personally am a little interested in it. I'll see how this goes, but let's head to the main event, Ralph. We have the parking lot brawl over on Dynamite, and we have the North American Championship on NXT. Let's start with the parking lot brawl because I'm not sure what chant to use here. I don't know if I should be chanting, holy shit, this is awesome. Please don't die. They all work for this brawl. They played it out in this match. Best friends and Santana and Ortiz were amazing. This was an absolute knockout for the parking lot brawl. I, I just don't know what else to say. It was amazing. Great, great match. Yep. Well, the only thing I'm going to add to the parking lot brawl that you said, aside from it being an amazing match, I literally wrote in my notes here, I feel like I'm watching an episode of Raw during the Attitude Era. And that's not because of the blood and that's not because of the gore. It's because you felt like you were watching something that is supposed to feel important. This feud is meaningful. And the feud itself, the build to this match, has been you know ups and downs and it's it's been mostly good. And, and, and I think this match itself really helped drive home the point that, look, when you have certain guys put in certain situations, like let, let, let's take a look at like DX, for example, there was never a question that, you know, Triple H or HBK was the leader of, uh, of D-Generation X. But mm-hmm. that being said, you always had the counterparts that still felt special and still had meaning. Right. I think a lot of times when you look at WWE, especially with WWE main roster programming, um, you look at like Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy Seth Rollins is the leader of that group and Buddy Murphy Murphy is meant to feel like a stooge. Like he doesn't feel important. I feel like this segment specifically, even though these aren't main eventers, even though these aren't guys that are going to go and headline, you know, all out or anything like that, they go out there, they main event and and you you feel like this is something you're supposed to care about. I swear to God, as, as, uh, what's her name? Sue, the mom is Sue. Sue, yeah. As she was driving away, I swear to God, I wrote in my notes, I said, Please flip them off. Please flip them off. Please flip them off. I was just hoping that she did it. That was the best way to close out the show. I thought this was one of the best episodes of Dynamite overall. I thought it was really good. I thought this match was awesome. It channeled like my inner uh, 13-year-old self watching Rocky when he fought. uh, What's his name? Mick Foley. You're talking about the... No, 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 no. Which Rocky Five When Rocky had the street fight. Oh, that Rocky. I thought you meant Tommy Gunn. Rocky. Tommy Gunn, yeah. No, no, no. No, so you know what? I, I mean, I thought this was great. Actually, when I first saw the first shot where they had the car circling around, I had Eddie Guerrero, John Cena vibes. And that yeah. was a great street fight. I think this match here knocks that one out of the park, personally. Well, yeah, and, and I was trying to compare it to other street fights. And the only one that I could think of off the top of my head, other than that one, was like the Hollywood backlot brawl, like good right. street fights. And 
you know, I, I, I thought this was great. I really did. I think this was one of the better segments and I don't think you can give it like a, a star rating, like Meltzer is going to be able to give it a star rating as like an actual legitimate match. But right. I thought this was awesome. Now it's funny because we've seen cinematic matches and pre-tape matches before, and you could tell like the difference. This match here was completely different. And Tony Khan even admitted to this one take one take. That's yep. saying something. Let's quickly go to the North American title match. Ralph, very good match. Love the story being told, the the clashing of the styles of catch wrestling and the striking between the two. Thatcher, I thought he knew his opponent, but just quite not enough as Priest was able to outsmart him with his style. He didn't have to change it too much, and it was a good win for Damian Priest in his first title defense. Thought this was a great, great match. Not exactly the main event that we got on Dynamite, but still a great way to close off the show. I got to agree. I, 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 I am a big fan of Thatcher. And I think Damian Priest is developing nicely in his role there because, again, I think they're really in a period of transition over there on NXT. I think that he's going to end up being one of the top guys there for a little while eventually before he moves up to the main roster, I imagine. Um, But no, I thought this, again, was a very good match on NXT. I thought NXT had a good opening match and a good closing match and a lot of filler in between, which Mm -hmm. is fine. You need that to, to have the story in the show progress. But I thought the main event was very good on NXT as well. Right. And I think that's kind of the theme that we've gotten with NXT over the few months that we've had this Wednesday night war thing is they bookend their shows with a good opener and a finisher, a lot of fluff in between. So, but before we go into what show we thought was the better show, we'll look at the ratings. And this week, the ratings show that both went down this week as many were expecting, seeing that they were both going to be on the same night. But Despite that, AEW's 0.34 rating in the 18 to 49 demo actually was third of the night in cable. And it nearly doubled NXT's 0.18 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. NXT did win the 50 plus demo, 0.36 to AEW's 0.32. And total viewership both went down. But Dynamite was able to maintain most of their viewership with 886,000 viewers to NXT's 689,000 total viewers. I think we could agree. Dynamite was the better show this week. I think that Dynamite was definitely the better show. I think that NXT, to me, is, is a good wrestling show. I think that when I watch NXT, I understand why that is appealing to the older demographic because it's very good, very solid professional wrestling. The thing that I find so odd about NXT is it's almost like they don't follow up. They don't try to build off the last week. So I don't think it's where NXT is doing this deliberately, but AEW feels like an important show that has professional wrestling with good story that I'm supposed to be invested in each week. I I totally agree with you. Like the storytelling on Dynamite has been very, very good. It makes you excited to watch the following week. And NXT is just like, okay, we got a good match. We got a good match, but what else is, what else is there? And that's the problem. They announced a takeover this week that's happening on October 4th. And there are two championship matches. The number one contender, you have no idea who's going to win because, or who's going to be the number one contender because there's no story there. So they're going to have this battle Royal for the women and this gauntlet elimination match thing that are we like, who's going to be in it? And you Tommaso can't get Ciampa's not in it. it. It seems like Tommaso Ciampa's not in it because he's doing that match with Jake Atlas. Adam Cole wasn't on this week. Is he going to be part of it? 
Johnny Gargano, is he a part of it? I saw in the video package they had Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Like, are they really number one contender guys right now? But that's what happens when you rush to make a pay-per-view in two, three weeks. It's good. It's a solid show. I'll, I'll watch Yo Shirai and Shotzi Blackheart every week, but that is just good wrestling. And I think people are, you know, unless you're a really big professional wrestling fan, People want drama. People are going to buy into drama. Look at look at the political atmosphere in the United States right now. That's what sells drama. People want to be invested in some type of bullshit. That's that is very very true, and I think that's why AEW continues to to win in the ratings and have the higher viewership and stuff like that. But let us know what you guys thought of this week's AEW Dynamite and NXT in the comments below. And you can also join the conversation by subscribing and hitting that bell for notifications. Ralph Valenti, my name is Michael Valenti. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.